Here you go again, Devin. Do something else for me. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you guys. How many of you guys know what a fountain pen is? Boom. Okay. Now here's a question. How many of you learned what that was from me? <laughs> okay, there it is. Okay, so for those of you who do not know what a fountain pen, I have some up here. Here's some fountain pens up there. Um, so I am like... Really? Oh, yeah, Graham has a fountain pen back there. He's got a Sposy back there. Uh, Chris Fryer Chris has a fountain pen because I had a fountain pen first, so let's get that straight. <laughs> so when I was, um, I think probably like 16, I was gifted a journal and a fountain pen by my pastor. Um, oh, sorry. I was going through like some medical stuff and like, I didn't realize that I, like, wasn't eating. And he was like, oh, you probably need to write down what you eat so you realize, like, what's going on. I'm like, that's a good idea. And that just just very organically turned into journaling, which turned into prayer journaling. But one of the biggest things, it's not this pen exactly, but this is a Lamy Safari. It has, so down on that picture, the pointy thing, that's called a nib, which is the silver part right here. The thing, like, to the, what is that? Left, right? Yeah, that's the left. That is called the feed. What it, right above that, that is an ink cartridge. That's where the ink is held. You got your grip section, you got your cap, and your uh, barrel. So whenever you put, this is not capping your pen. This is called posting, okay? Yeah. <laughs> she was like, this is dumb, dude. <laughs> that's okay. I know. You're not the only person that I've had that reaction to. I can handle it. <laughs> I, I've gotten so many of these as a gift. Um, this is vintage. I restored it by myself. Um, these two are pocket pins. They fit in your pocket. Um, this one is also called like a pill pin because it just looks like a giant pill. I don't know who would ever try. Um, and yeah, some of these I, are not worth the money, unfortunately. Um, this is a gla- uh, glass dip pin. So this doesn't, this is literally just a piece of glass. You dip it into your ink well. Don't even get me started on ink, okay? Like, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Just the tip. <laughs> this is just the nib of the iceberg. Okay, and so th- this, you just dip it into some ink, and you can just write with it. You run out, you dip it in, you keep writing. I could for real talk about fountain pens for, like, probably three hours. I'm not even joking. But I'm not the only person who has that sort of thing. Like, I mean, all of staff, I mean, you know, Ben could talk about cardinals or woodworking. Like, he, honestly, like a lot of stuff. Ben knows a lot about a lot. (laughs) You know, Adam could talk about gaming and, like, tabletop games for a while. Check out his podcast, Rise of the GM. (laughs) He's shaking his head no, but you guys totally should. (laughs) Um, I, I don't listen to it. My husband does, and that's how we support each other. But, um, so yeah, like fountain pens, that is my jam. I could tell you different nib sizes. I could tell you different price ranges. I could tell you, like, I could look at a pen and probably tell you, oh, that's a Pelican Extra Fine with a gold-plated nib. Anyways, you, you guys, <laughs> you just, like, still don't get it. Still don't care. All right, but here's the thing. Like, if someone saw me writing with a pen, and this happens, like, out in public even, they're like, oh, cool pen. Like, wow, that's really fancy. Is that a quill? I'm like, no, that's a whole different thing. Don't get me started. But it's, it's not weird to talk about something you love, right? Like, 
Like, if I met you and I found out that you were really into, I don't know, like anime, I'd be like, oh, yeah, tell me about that. You know, I, I would be so, <laughs> Keandre's like, what? <laughs> Keandre, let's have a conversation after this. I'd love to hear all about it. Like, like, it's not strange to talk about something you love unless you're, like, sitting in front of Jacob and he's like, what are you talking about this for, dude? <laughs> but it's not, it's, it's really not that strange to talk about something you love. So my question is, why is it so hard to talk about the gospel? Like, if we claim that we love this lifestyle, it's more, of life, it's more than a lifestyle, right? If we claim to love this person, Jesus, why is it, like, suddenly weird to talk about it? And there's a lot of, like, not obvious, but, like, like, of course, this is why I look at the world that we live in, you know, or because I have social anxiety, like, all the, like, there's a bunch of, like, fair, fair enough reasons, like, why we don't, or why we don't want to, um, like, there have been moments where I've been scared of sharing what the Bible says, and surely you felt the, the same way, and just make a mental note, and see if these things seem familiar when it comes to sharing the gospel, Like, have you ever thought, I don't share the gospel because I don't know what to say? What if someone asks me a question and I don't have the answers? That's a big one for a lot of us, I think. I hear that often. I don't know where to start. I can't simplify the gospel. Like, it's so big. Where do I start? Where do I end? Do I seriously just, like, read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation? Like, is this the deal? (laughs) I don't want people to think that I'm a bigot Bible thumper. I've never even read the whole Bible. How can I share something I don't know? And here's the thing. Um, I actually don't think that we are supposed to do all these things. I don't think that's the expectation of us. What if I told you that people might even be more receptive than you think to hearing the gospel? They might be more receptive than you think. Like, are we expected to read scripture and know it? Yes, we can do that. Are we, encouraged, are we encouraged to give an answer for our hope? Definitely. But we aren't expected to have an answer to every question. We aren't expected to be eloquent. I mean, you guys have to listen to me every now and then, okay? You don't have to be eloquent. Let's just get that clear. Okay, like you don't have to be like this awesome public speaker or anything. We aren't expected to put all of our worth in what another person thinks of us or what we believe. I claim to love Jesus with all of my being, every single part. And I do claim that. Like, I claim that. Why does it feel easier to talk about fountain pens than it does Jesus sometimes? And that's a true feeling, honestly, if I'm going to be real with you, which I always will be. And so that's what we're going to get into tonight. And we're going to see about all these things and how to do it with love and realistic expectations. So I'm going to pray, and then we'll dive into some scripture. Uh, Father God, thank you for this evening. Thank you for these people. Um, Thank you for your word and your story, and um, and for your son coming to die for our sins, and um, for inviting us into this um, space where where you dwell, God. Um, We love you. May you be heard tonight, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so where do we even start with the gospel? It's like this huge book, right? (laughs) Uh, Well, here's what we see in scripture. We're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Um, This is a new version. I did it this time. Yay. 
this is Paul speaking. Thank you, Jack. He clapped for me. <laughs> so this is Paul speaking to the church and urging them to stop behaving according to the flesh, and he gives them this reminder. So starting in verse 5, uh, Paul says, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who gives the growth. That sounded weird. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. So Paul's just saying we have things to do right? We have a responsibility, but it's God that is the one that's working within people. And this is also referencing um, one of Jesus' parables. Anyone? Parable of the, the parable of the sower. Yes. And so let's go back and let's see what that is all about. Um, Matthew in chapter 13, Jesus has this story of a sower, so let's get into it. And side note, like storytelling is a really cool thing that Jesus uses to, like, share the gospel, which was really awesome. Abby did it last week, actually, whenever she saved Maya from, like, the terrible storm <laughs> and, like, got her into a bunker. But, um, like, like stories, stories connect with people. And so, let's see, chapter 13, verse 1. Okay. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, as a sower would do, I would assume. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. He who has ears, let him hear. And then before Jesus explains this parable, the, the disciples are like, why are you always using stories, man? Like, why are you talking about riddles? <laughs> like, can you just be clear with me? <laughs> well, Here's the thing about Jesus. He knows what our needs are. Um, like, Jesus says to them that some people see, but they don't perceive. Like, they see it, but they aren't really getting it. They don't understand. They hear, but they don't understand. And this is a way that we can meet people where they're at. Like, you hear that a lot, right? Um, and again, this is just, like, one of the ways that Jesus, like, speaks to us. Like, it's going to make sense to talk about, like, farming and crops to this population who, it's not like they have a Walmart to go and get their, like, groceries from. Like, farming is going to be a very relatable story, right? And so Jesus goes on to explain it. Um, this is verse 18 or 19. Um, Jesus says, here then the parable of the sower. He starts to explain it. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, 
but endures for a while, and then when tribulation or persecution arises, not if, when it arises, on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. And again, I love how accessible Jesus makes this. Like, we all love a good story. We all want to tell good stories. Um, the story has visuals, and it probably resonated with everyone, right? Um, and again, like, this is, an, this is an amazing way to share the gospel, um, it involves, like, our sin and the enemy. It talks about how we have responsibility also to take root, um, and we're talking about how God is the one who gives us life and nutrients, and that's how we thrive. Again, awesome way to share the gospel. And so now I have a story about Casper and Cat. Casper is a person that I was, like, truly, madly, deeply in love with, but, you know, we didn't, it didn't work out, obviously, because we did not line up on anything spiritual or biblically, like, it, don't recommend, but I truly, like, I truly, like, really loved this guy. Um, he was an exchange student, so it kind of made it, like, easy of, like, you're gonna go back to Denmark, and, like, we're good, so <laughs> it just fizzled when it should have ended a lot sooner, I confess. I've talked to Jesus a lot about this, and it's okay, you guys. But um, Kat is one of my oldest friends. Um, she is in Slovakia now. Um, we still are in contact. Um, she, is, she is one of the best people I've ever met. And so I remember talking to Kat, and I was like, I was like, this deal with Casper, like, he only has a month left in the States, and I, I can't like, I, he, he still doesn't understand, like, the big deal about Jesus. Like, he still doesn't get it. And, and that's where I ended up. Like, he left, still wasn't a believer, despite my best efforts. <laughs> um, which really even still, like, truly, like, bothers me, because I care about him as a person, and if someone's an unbeliever, that's a big deal to me. Um, but I remember talking to Kat, and she was like, well, Hannah, why are you expecting to save him? I'm like, because I'm like the only person, and I was like, he's going to go back, and like there's not a good community there, and like no one believes, no one believes there. And she's like, well, first of all, you don't know that. That's probably not true. And so we were, we were in a movie theater <laughs> where I worked, and she put her hands on the bench, and she was like, Hannah, in Casper's entire life, you only have this much. And that made me sad, because I was like, that's really not much time at all. Seriously, I know time's running out. And so, but she was like, she said, you have some, she, she said, you have done something big here. She said, before this, he didn't know about this, or about that, or that there are even other different, there are even different ways to think about how the world came into existence, you know? And much like now, like if someone says something that I find not true, offensive to scripture, like, I'm going to be like, well, hang on, like, so this is why that bothers me. I'm not just going to be like, how dare you? But it's like, no, actually, that's a big deal to me, and this is why. Um, like, those were the conversations that we would have, and she, and she said, you have him for this much time, and she's like, and that's all you have to worry about. She's like, he's probably not coming back. I'm like, Jeez, okay, golly. And but she was she was like, and you don't know how many other people are going to come into his life and they're gonna say something and he's gonna think, 
oh yeah, Hannah told me that 10 years ago. Or like, oh yeah, Hannah told me that 40 years ago. Oh yeah, Hannah told me that, huh. Okay, well, what was she talking about? And then actually, like five years after we didn't break up because we were never officially dating. Yeah, we were dating. But um, <laughs> I, was <really> like, <laughs> I was like 19. <laughs> like, yeah, Anyways, so like, and like five years later, he was like, hey, my sister is doing a project and you're the only Christian I know. So, and she has to do a paper on, on like different religions. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So I was able to write an entire paper about what I believe and why, and I sent it to her, and I was like, make sure your brother reads it, because I want him to like proofread it. That was a lie. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no, I want him to read this. Like, like for the, like he would do it for his sister, for sure. And so, like, Casper was able to just sit down and read, and actually read it to look, to proof it. And so that's the last time I ever had contact with him. And I don't know, something about that, I was like, that's enough. That's enough. My job is done. My job's done. Um, and so, again, that's like a really specific story. Like, if anyone else shares a story like that, like, let's chat. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was really specific. But still, like, I did my job. I sowed the seed. I needed another person to tell me, like, hey, this responsibility is not on you. You need to relax. Your timeline is not the same as God's. And that was, that was good for me. And you might still be really uncomfortable with showing the gospel, um, but speaking of responsibilities, I want to remind you what yours actually are. And so this, we're getting to the realistic expectations, because if you're like me, it's like, oh my goodness, I have to save like every single person that I speak to. Like, okay, <laughs> for, uh, yikes. Like, you get overwhelmed easily by like things that actually aren't real. <laughs> mm. All right, so first, you are not expected to have all the answers. You're not expected to have your doctorate in apologetics, which is defending the gospel. Like, that isn't your job. That isn't your job. And so, but on the other hand, you are expected to know the gospel. That can look like a lot of different things. And, and I, will, I will say this is like, some people have really amazing giftings in this. I mean, like, we had a connection group leader meeting, and I was like, wow, Paul just, like, threw down the gospel in, like, two seconds. That was pretty cool. <laughs> like, yeah, go Paul. <laughs> and so, but, like, so it wouldn't, like, that's, like, he's very gifted in that. See, he doesn't even know that he did it. <laughs> it's like, like, it, it just, like, spills out of him so naturally. And so, you know, and so, but, like, we're expected to know the gospel. And so, even that might be like, oh my gosh, okay, how do I know the gospel, Hannah? There are a bunch of different tools out there. Um, your connection group leaders are going to help with this. Maya even sent me one. Where's Maya? Maya sent me one, like, right, like, during the connection group leader. She's like, have you heard of this? Blah, blah, blah. You know, I know FCA, you guys have those bracelets. Shan gave me one once, and I, where's Kaylin? Do you have your bracelet on? Do you have it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that one. And Shan Smith was like, I was like, I keep seeing those. And he like sat me down and he's like, so. And he like gave his whole spiel. And I'm like, and he goes, got one to wear, one to share. And I was like, that was smooth. <laughs> that was awesome. And so like there's a bunch of different like, not tactics, because I don't want it to seem like people are projects or anything. But like there are a lot of helpful, helpful tools out there. Um, your connection group leaders 
might have some. So you are expected to know the gospel, and here's some verses to get you started. Um, and again, heads up, please don't leave as soon as I'm done talking, but you guys will have a chance to practice this in your connection groups. It's a safe space. No one is judging. Like, don't worry. You're fine. Uh, so some, some verses that kind of sum up the gospel to get us started. Titus 2, 14. I didn't have these on here. Sorry, you guys. I'm actually, mm, I don't think I put them on your version either. All right. Use your ears. All right. Titus 2, 14. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. That was Titus 2, 14. Next one is 1 Peter 2, 24. 1 Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins and in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. That was 1 Peter 2.24. And then 1 John 4.10, 1 John 4.10 This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. All right, I'll repeat those again. Okay, first one was Titus 2.14. Second one was 1 Peter 2.24, and then 1 John 4.10. Okay, I've already already mentioned this, but second expectation or... You're not expected to save anyone. I guess a non-expectation. <laughs> You're not expected to save anyone. You are expected to sow seeds. That is what your responsibility is. And I mean, look at the parable that Jesus shared and like hear what Paul said. Like God gives the growth. We just plant seeds and we water them. God gives the growth. Isaiah 43, 11 through 13 says, that was Isaiah 43, 11 through 13, says, I alone am the Lord, the only one who can save you. I predicted what would happen, and then I came to your aid. No foreign God has ever done this. You are my witnesses. I am God and always will be. No one can escape my power. No one can change what I do. You're not expected to save anyone. I hope that's a breath of relief. (laughs) I hope it is. Um, It helps me. All right, third one, uh, you're not expected to judge or condemn anyone. Uh, You are expected to love. And so um, this can get, especially whenever it feels like, it starts to feel like really debate-y, and it's like, it just feels heated. Like sometimes that might just be like anxiety speaking, but it, it starts feeling more like this and not like, hey, let's chat about this, you know. Um... But people, like at the end of the day, everyone answers for themselves. Everyone answers for themselves. That is both exciting and also heartbreaking at times. <laughs> um, that's a really hard reality, I think, especially when we have those that we love desperately. And, you know, we have family members and we have like really close friends that it's like, man, I don't, I don't know. I'm not against you. Like, I'm so for you. <sighs> you have to answer for yourself, and I don't, I don't know how else I can say this. <laughs> um, so it, that's, a, that's what happens when you love people. 
But you're not expected to judge or condemn anyone. You're expected to love. And so James 4.12, there's only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? That was James 4.12. John 13.34, Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. So loving others includes sharing the gospel. I mean, that's what Jesus did, right? Like a bajillion times. Um, to those who weren't following him as well to those who were with them, who were with him, um, we all need reminders of the gospel, whether you know Jesus or not. I need a healthy helping of, Hannah, that's actually not your identity. Or actually, this is what Jesus said, not that. Um, and... Like, we, we all need reminders. And when I remember that I don't have to have all the answers or that it's not up to me to save this person, all I have to do is just be present, listen, and sow the seeds that the Spirit leads me to sow. And I don't know if I've ever been in a situation where I've needed to share the gospel in its entirety in one sitting. Um, some people might be down for that, but some people might also get, like, really freaked out of, like, all I asked was, like, how are you doing? <laughs> and then it's like, okay, now I have a sermon. Um, I'm much more familiar with situations where I'll hear someone or, or I'll notice um, or, or the Spirit will just, like, inspire some, something um, where someone is being so down on themselves and so negative about themselves and, like, honestly truly hates themselves. And I'll be like, whoa, man, like don't you realize you are so much more than that? Like, don't you realize that actually, like, God sees you as good. Like, God in the beginning created you, and he created us and said, you are very good. Like, so much so that no matter what you do, no matter what your past is, that, like, all of that can be erased. Like, don't you understand how loved you are? I've asked friends before, like, hey, aren't you, are you even a little bit curious about this Jesus thing? I have conversations like this fairly often with friends that I've had for a long time, and they'll be like, so what do you do? I'm like, so it's like a church for college kids, like, it's not a club, uh, but yeah, and they're like, so you just, like, talk about Jesus? I'm like, yeah, and they're like, so that's a job. I'm like, oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> like, uh, listen. <laughs> and so, but like, the, but those are friends that I've had for a really long time. Um, you know, and I'll be like, I was like, well, so there's, there's much more to it. Like, you know, I'll do this and I'll do that. And I'm like, but like, what about you? Like, have you ever been interested, like even curious about this like Christianity thing? And I was like, and, like, we're still friends, so it's clearly not that, like, all Christians are blah, 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 because um, they've tried that in the past. I'm like, okay, then I, well, are we not friends? And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, there's conversations like that, and that's how the gospel can be brought up. I've also openly debated a professor <laughs> in the middle of class about how Mary became pregnant in the birth of Jesus. Um, and I mean, like, argued in, like, a healthy respectful, like, excuse me, um, that's, that isn't what happened. Mary said, let your will be done, um, and that's how we got in this situation. 
and he was like, oh, I've never had anyone, like, you know, correct me on that. I was like, well, other people probably aren't as bold and, like, ridiculous as I am. <laughs> and, like, these, these are, like, examples of sharing the gospel. But we need to know it in order to know what to say to when and to who. And again, like, the Spirit leads. It really does. Um, but we also have to make ourselves familiar with the gospel. And you guys have a very interesting opportunity in this phase of your life. Um, your attitude, your conversations, your language, your behavior, like all of those are indicators of who you are and what you love, who you love. And I pray and I hope that it shows others about Jesus. And I know it already does. Like, I, I just know it. <laughs> if, you're, if you're just so full of Jesus and so full of the Spirit, like other people are going to notice that. How can they not? Some of you might be here because of that very reason. I pray that you can be brave and love those around you and share the good news. Um, I pray that those around you are receptive, and people truly are much more receptive than we think. Um, and, and I hope that they're open to conversations. And, and I do want to thank each and every one of you for like being a representation of Jesus on campus. Um, like, it really is a unique opportunity. Um, I encourage you to understand, like, what an awesome and exciting responsibility it is. Um, and, like, we really do love you guys. We appreciate you. Uh, we know there, there's a lot of work that's being done that we don't see and will never see. Um, but I know it's happening. I just know it is. So, that is what we have for tonight. Um, we have connection groups. Um, and you'll get the chance to practice sharing the gospel, and, and your group leaders will explain that. So thank you guys.